Some of you may have noticed we have a our worship leader back. <laughs> and it's okay for him to stand. I offered him a stool. He says, no, I'm told I'm supposed to stand. <laughs> so good to have you back, Jason. We're in the eighth uh, chapter of John. In this chapter, Jesus has proclaimed in the temple to the Jewish rulers, to the people of who he is. And he hasn't been politically correct in doing it. He has challenged the people. He has chastised the Jewish rulers. And in this chapter 8, he talks to the rulers, he talks to the people about the reason for their unbelief. And Jesus uses harsh words. And he's anything but kind and considerate. He tells these religious leaders in verse 44 there, you are of your father the devil. Well, hello. <laughs> Who is a murderer and a liar, and he's been that way from the beginning. And because you are disciples of the devil... Guess what that makes you? You are murderers and liars. Sometimes we become frustrated by this world that we live in and the society all around us that seems to grow worser and worser. You can say that. We sometimes forget that evil people have an agenda. Evil is not passive. Evil behavior looks for ways to express itself. Evil people of unbelief do not believe in the truth as Jesus has said in verse 45. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, but you do not believe. And if you were of God, you would listen and hear the truth. So much for Jesus being meek and mild, but he isn't with sin. He confronts sin. But the Jews, they have an answer for Jesus, and that we'll get into that in verse 48 through 59. Let's read chapter 8, 48 through 59. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets that are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your father. Yet you, do, yet you have not known him, 
but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. These Jews reply to Jesus by accusing Jesus of having a demon, and they throw in there, and you are a Samaritan too. And that's kind of a double whammy. <laughs> you know, they're kind of hitting him with two accusations there. These Jews are vicious in their accusations against Jesus. They're totally frustrated by Jesus because they're unable to make Jesus look bad or sinful. They can't trap Jesus in his words. <clears throat> because they see, they look around them and they see that many believing Jews are turning towards Jesus. And they're losing, these rulers are losing the battle of credibility among the people. These Jewish rulers are not accustomed to being questioned by anyone. And Jesus is causing shockwaves to ripple through the people there in the temple of Israel. These religious rulers have control over the people and they see their power slipping away and they must retaliate against Jesus. So they make false claims towards Jesus, but they have no evidence of their claims. Jesus says, I honor God, and no demon-possessed person honors God. But the, the Jewish rulers, they've also insulted the Samaritans, and they cannot silence Jesus. Jesus will not be silenced by these Jewish rulers. Verse 51 and he says, most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my words, he shall never see death. Jesus has just proclaimed eternal life to those who keep his word. Those who faithfully are convinced and obey the word of God have life. Jesus is speaking of the eternal He's speaking of spiritual matters. He's speaking of spiritual death. And these Jews think they have trapped Jesus. And in verse 53, they say, Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? So who do you think you are, Jesus? <clears throat> and Jesus says, If I honor myself and speak of myself, as to who I am, my words have no value. They have no truth in them. However, my Father 
God the Father, whom you declare is your God, but you do not know him, and you don't keep his word, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I would be a liar like you are. But I know God the Father, and I keep his word. And Jesus has just validated being the Son of God. Obedience is our validation of love and belief in Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. Gets, gets pretty simple, doesn't it? If you love me, obey me. The Gospels of Mark and Luke speak how the wind and the sea obey Jesus. <clears throat> Turn to Mark and we'll read some verses. But the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee. And they have Jesus on board. Jesus is tired. He's exhausted after an extensive time of ministry, teaching the multitude, feeding the multitude. And let's pick up this crossing in Mark 4, 35 through 41. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took along in the boat as he took Jesus along in the boat as he was. And other little boats also were with them. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus has said to his fishermen disciples, some of them were fishermen, who are very familiar with the Sea of the Galilee, let us cross over to the other side. And the, some other people in little boats, they go with them. Then a great windstorm arose. Waves are beating against the little boat and it's filling up with water. But Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. And they awake Jesus in panic. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? The disciples' fear is based upon this great storm that they're in all around them, and their little boat is filling up with water. I kind of identify with the disciples on this. Hey, look what's happening. These disciples, sailors, fishermen, feel that they are about to die. They feel that they're about to perish. And yet their, their Lord, their teacher is asleep in the midst of this storm. 
How is it that Jesus can sleep? Does he not care about their life or even his own life? He's asleep. Well, Jesus does care. Jesus knows that they will cross this stormy sea and he can take rest. He can go sleep because he knows they're going to cross. That assurance that their Lord has is astounding to the disciples. National Geographic, one of the channels I watch on TV, uh, put out a movie, Free Solo. It's about a mountain climber, and he's going to climb El Capitan in Yosemite with no ropes or lanyards or any of that stuff. And El Capitan is a 3,500 sheer cliff. Now, I'm watching this documentary on him, and I know the climber makes it to the top. I know that already. But I still fret as I see him climb and go through all the footholds and all that thing. And I'm still fretting, yet I know the outcome. <clears throat> Jesus, he rests in the back of the boat. He sleeps in perfect peace in the midst of a great windstorm. Actually, they call these windstorms Euroclidons. They would come upon the Sea of Galilee, and no sailor would go out during one of these storms. But this storm is from Satan. Because Jesus rebukes the storm. Insurance companies call hurricanes and tornadoes Acts of God. Maybe yes, maybe no. <laughs> Jesus rebukes this storm with peace be still. And guess what? The winds and the waves, they must obey him. A great calm comes upon the sea and great fear comes upon the disciples. Jesus asked them, why are you so fearful? And why is it that you have no faith? Wow. Now the fear of the disciples is transferred from the storm that they were in to realizing that God is in their little boat. And they fear God now. And they ask, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Creation, Jesus being the creator, and all its vastness. And they talk light years and, you know, it just gets enormous as far as space and the harmony of the planets, how they uh, orbit in their rotate around each other and how we rotate around our sun. And if creation is obedient to Jesus, why are we thinking mankind so dull of heart? Why are we 
so slow to believe. Jesus has just openly declared to these Jewish rulers who he is. And then Jesus refers back to Abraham. Abraham, your genetic father, your father of your faith and so forth, he says, recognized me. When the day he said to Isaac, God will provide for himself a sacrifice, a lamb. And Jesus, being that complete sacrificial lamb for all of mankind, cannot, the Jews cannot accept this, but Jesus continues. He says, you're dull of heart. And they say to Jesus, how can you say that of Abraham and you're not even 50 years old. You claim that you have seen Abraham. And then Jesus uses a term that each and every Jew recognizes. And we read that in our reading this morning. Before Abraham was, I am. And this so offends the Jews. Jesus telling them, he's telling them, I am God. And they take up stones to kill him. But Jesus passes through the midst of them, leaving the temple. And for the third time in chapter 8 there in John, he declares, I am the eternal God. I am the great I am. And every Jew realizes what he is saying. But he passes right through the midst of them. And he leaves the temple. Jesus passing through this crowd. Why? Because his hour has not yet come. He won't let man rush his hour. He has a destiny. He has the cross to go to. But it's not yet. You're there. Jesus is talking, debating with the rulers. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is not there. You wonder, why don't they see him leave? Excuse me, I got to get out of here, see you guys later. You know? <laughs> but Jesus has become unrecognizable. He just passes through the midst of them. And he doesn't allow these Jewish rulers who want to kill him before his time to kill him. He just passes through them. But Jesus does have a destiny with the cross and the Jewish leaders they've got to wait until Jesus' hour has come. And that reminds me of a scripture where Jesus says, no one takes my life I lay it down. And he does. And it will be shortly that he lays it down. But it's not now and no man can force him. No man can take his life. Because his hour didn't come. But he will lay down his life. And aren't we grateful for that? Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. If ever you 
read a chapter where Jesus openly declares he's God. That's John chapter 8. But let's pray. Father God, thank you for validating Jesus as your son. Thank you for sending him to the cross for a relationship with us, to be our savior, to be our lamb, to wash away our sins. Lord, we thank you for that knowledge. And thank you for putting in us a heart that believes and responds to that truth. And Lord, we see these Jewish leaders and they could not accept who Jesus was. Lord, again, we just thank you for revealing your truth of Jesus to us and giving us an opportunity to just show faith in him. Allow him to be our savior. Allow him to suffer and die for all of our sins. We thank you for that. And thank you, Jesus, for not denying who you were, but proclaiming that you are the great I am. And you knew that would offend these Jewish rulers and some of the people. Yet you said, hey, I am who I am. Thank you, Lord, for being the great I am. And thank you for loving us enough to draw us to yourself. We thank you for that. So do your good work in our hearts and lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.